Thank you for checking out the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. A new CAA survey shows dangerous driving behaviors are getting worse on our roads. The Hamilton Bulldogs' dream season has come to a disappointing end. Iconic Ticats quarterback Danny McManus is being added to the team's wall of honor. Hamilton is on full display in the new season of Umbrella Academy. Bayfront Park is ready to host Canada Day festivities. And the Hamilton Cardinals baseball team is hosting a fundraiser for Ukrainian refugees. The GMH podcast starts now. This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. Do you feel a little unsafe driving on the roads, whether it's at speeds in excess of 100K or out and about on King or Main or up on the mountain? Well, a new survey conducted for the CAA, South Central Ontario, has found that drivers in this province don't feel as safe as they used to on highways, and they're seeing more dangerous driving on our roads. Pretty scary out there at times. Michael Stewart is a communications relations consultant with the CAA, South Central Ontario, and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Michael, good morning. How are you? Morning. I'm good. How about you? I'm good. What did your survey find? Yes, uh, so our survey found that Drivers are saying that they're not feeling as safe as they used to on our highways, and they're seeing more dangerous driving behaviors on our roads. So we had surveyed 1,500 Ontario drivers, and 98% of them said they had witnessed unsafe driving behaviors in the past year, which is up 3% from last year. And that increase could explain why uh, people are feeling less safe on the roads. So we asked about different types of roads, whether that be city or town streets, highways with 80 or 90 kilometer an hour limits or highways with 100 kilometer an hour limits and all across the board there was declines in how safe people were feeling on those roads with highways of 100 kilometers an hour having the biggest reduction. 98% is nearly everyone which is mind-boggling. Why are why are we feeling unsafe or why are we seeing all these bad or unsafe driving behaviors now? You're right 98% is concerning the fact that it is practically almost all Ontario drivers who are now witnessing behaviors is uh, a bit concerning on our end. One possible reason for why there might be that increase in unsafe driving behaviors being observed is traffic is returning to pre-pandemic levels. So there are more people out on the road. But either way, whether there's people are returning to vehicle commutes or going on road trips uh, and planning for the long weekend, Either way, the rules of the road are there for us all to follow, and there's speed limits there for a reason. So we just want to remind people to follow the rules of the road and keep themselves and others safe. Uh, Michael, did the survey include any Hamilton-specific info or feedback? So we didn't have any Hamilton-specific feedback in there. Uh, but what I can say is that for, of those drivers that we surveyed, 58% did admit to unsafe driving behaviors themselves. And those behaviors included speeding, aggressive driving, distracted driving, and unsafe lane changes. So I think, unfortunately, this is a problem throughout Ontario. We had about half of respondents say that speeding is a big problem in Ontario. So I think no matter where you are in the province or where you plan on traveling to in the province, keeping road safety top of mind and remembering to follow the rules of the road and follow those posted speed limits is going to be really important this summer. 
Talking about a new survey conducted for the CAA South Central Ontario finding that drivers in this province don't feel as safe as they used to on highways and they're also noticing more dangerous driving on the roads. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML is Michael Stewart, Communications Relations Consultant with the CAA South Central Ontario. You mentioned speeding. I would gather that that's probably at the top of the list in terms of feeling unsafe, especially when you're on the highway and going over 100. Correct. Uh, Speeding was observed uh, the most, uh, with 83% of drivers saying they've observed speeding. We had 43% of drivers who admitted to speeding themselves. And it can be a nerve-wracking experience when you're on a highway or even on any street and there's someone who's speeding by you or or driving aggressively or driving recklessly. And what's important to remember is just in that moment, if you do come across a speeding or aggressive driver, the best thing you can do is just stay calm, focus on your driving, and don't engage with that other driver. Any sudden movement on your part, they won't have time to react, unfortunately, which could lead to a collision. So it's best to just Stay calm, focus on what you're doing, and make sure you're keeping yourself safe. If you do believe that driver is a risk to others and your safety, you can call 911 and report them. Or once you get home uh, after the fact, you can also file a police report or call your local police station and file a complaint about that vehicle. You'll just need the license plate, make and model, and the date and time of the incident. That might be tough, especially if you're on a highway and you you know notice some car just whiz by you. It might be tough to get the license plate sometimes. Oh, for sure. I know, but I know some folks have dash cam uh, cameras that they will review back. Uh, so someone yesterday was showing me footage of, I think they were on the QEW, and there was a car just weaving through the HOV lane and back into uh, the other other lanes of traffic. And it was... Watching those videos always gives me a little bit of anxiety because it's always such a near miss. And even I, unfortunately, see that on my drive home from work yesterday. Unfortunately, I saw drivers behaving that way. And, right, it can be difficult to get all the information you need. But if it is possible or if you have a passenger who can record that information, uh, that would work as well. Yeah, I was on the QEW uh, last weekend uh, in Mississauga, and it was basically gridlock. We were slow moving, and this motorcycle just whizzed on by lane splitting, like right down the line of of uh, of the lane, basically going in between vehicles. And I thought, geez, like it just takes one vehicle to swerve or change lanes suddenly, and that motorcyclist is on the ground and not feeling so well. Mm-hmm, exactly, and that's why... It's always important to remind folks of this. There are rules of the road, and yes, there is that urge to want to get to your destination as quick as possible, but it's not worth it in the end. No one wants to be involved in a collision. No one wants to uh, sustain an injury from a collision. It's not worth it. Just leave yourself plenty of time in the morning or if you, wherever you need to go. Actually, a lot of the winter driving tips we have for folks where it is give yourself plenty of time to get to your destination in case there's snow. The same thing can apply year-round of just if you give yourself plenty of time to get to where you need to go, you won't have that urge to get there as quick as possible. And even speeding, it's just not worth it. Your risk of a crash increases exponentially once you go above a certain speed. So it's just, it's better to think twice and just 
think safety and focus on the rules of the road. Mm-hmm. we got about a minute. We have a, uh, a handful of highways in this province, including the QEW from Hamilton to St. Catharines, that the speed limit has increased from one, one or, yeah, 100 to 110. Do you think that has contributed to the feeling of, uh, of unsafety? Because uh, usually when it's 100, you're maybe going 110, 115, some will go 120. With a 110 speed limit, some are pushing 130, maybe even 140. Is that contributing to the the unsafe feelings some people have? So what I can say is that from our survey, we did ask about highways with the speed limit of 110 kilometers, especially now that some of them are permanent and the, the government is expanding the pilot. And those highways actually did have the lowest amount of drivers saying they felt safe on them. So I think we only had about 67% of licensed drivers who said they felt safe on those highways. So I think uh, there is work to be done. Obviously, those highways have been tested and examined to make sure that they can, vehicles can operate at those speed limits there. Uh, But it, again, it's one of those things where the speed limit's 110. So making sure that you are going 110 kilometers an hour and making sure that you are driving safely and responsibly. It's really interesting stuff. Michael, thank you for your time. Enjoy the long weekend. Thank you. You as well. Michael Stewart's Community Relations Consultants with the CAA, South Central Ontario. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. We worked so hard in the last months, and today we just earned what we, 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 we did the last couple of months. So it's just crazy. Thanks to all the fan airs. Unbelievable. You see, they are still there just cheering for us. So it's just amazing. This is Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. That is the voice of William Dufour of the Memorial Cup winning St. John's Sea Dogs. Thanks to TSN for the audio. A Hamilton Bulldogs dream season coming to an end last night with a loss in the Memorial Cup final. St. John beating Hamilton 6-3. to Steve Steos is the president and the general manager of the Hamilton Bulldogs and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Steve, good morning. Good morning, Rick. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm actually doing great, uh, to be quite honest. Um, you know, it was, uh, you had a little bit of time to reflect on this group and, uh, could not be more proud of them. Um, it was uh, it was quite a ride. Um, special team, special group, and uh, special championship team again in Hamilton with the Bulldogs. Is this the best Bulldogs team ever? Oh, it's <laughs> that's a tough first question. Um, you know, the 2018 team was equally as special. Um, you know, I think the circumstances with this run were were different. You know, I, we we didn't deal with the um, injuries that we did in 2018 um you know i think it'll come out on on what our players were dealing with and the courage that they showed to play through uh you know the bumps and bruises um so uh different but i i could say this uh and i want to be respectful because i mean the memorial cup is the most incredible celebration of junior hockey in our country winning a championship in seven game series is uh there's something there's something about that, and to be able to battle through that um, and do what this team did was extremely special. And to me, they're the best team in the CHL by a wide margin, and uh, no one can convince me different. Last night, what do you think happened? Well, again, I want to be respectful. St. John is is the Memorial Cup champion, and they deserve all the credit for that. Um, you know, when I talk about injuries, I, you know, I try to think of any other competition where you're 
you know, the team or individual, um, you know, is uh, resting for a certain amount of time rather than playing and coming into the event. There's, uh, you know, uh, the energy levels of a group or an individual uh, injuries that factor into it for sure. Again, St. John won the Memorial Cup, and I congratulate uh, them. And by the way, incredible hosts of the Memorial Cup. Like, we couldn't be more pleased with uh, how we were treated and uh, just the hospitality of the Maritimers is incredible. But, uh, you know, overall, to me, this team's uh, a champion, and, and I want them to feel like that. And today's going to be a great day in Hamilton for us to celebrate it. Yeah, there's also a uh, rally at Gore Park today at uh, 145. I know you guys are doing the team picture at noon at First Ontario Centre. So certainly uh, a lot to be um, uh, happy about this season, despite not winning the last trophy of the year. You certainly have a very important trophy in the uh, J. Ross Robertson Cup, being the Ontario Hockey League champions. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, Steve Steos, president and GM of the Hamilton Bulldogs. We're not taking anything away from the Sea Dogs. They are the Memorial Cup champs. They're they're the eighth host team to win the Memorial Cup without winning their league championship. A lot of the discussion this morning is, should the tournament format be changed? Should this be a three-team tournament with the three league champions duking it out? Have you given any thought to that? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think about it a little bit. I think the format is uh, is a terrific one. You know, when, if if you had a chance, and some of our fans were there, we appreciated them being there. But uh, again, St. John was such an incredible host. The vibe in in the city was terrific. Uh, you know, t- take into account that COVID had really you know struck everybody as individuals, players, the hockey world, junior hockey, uh, but also the town of St. John, and they were so appreciative of hosting the tournament. Uh, so that that was tr- certainly special. You know, it's the circumstances are what they are with the format, and uh, I don't have an answer for you, Rick. I don't know if there's a great answer. I love the tournament. I respect it uh, more than anything. Uh, so I, I don't have a. I always be careful when I'm you, you try and bring up a situation uh, unless you have a solution for it. And I don't. And I love the tournament, and we were proud to represent Hamilton uh, on the national stage. And I think our players did our city proud, did themselves proud, did their families proud, uh, you know, their billet families. I just think it's a, a really proud day, and we can't lose sight of us being uh, OHL champions. Absolutely. This team was uh, much talked about, uh, earned the buzz, no doubt about that, and carried the Hamilton banner uh, with pride and with style out in uh, St. John. Congratulations on a fantastic 2021-22 season, and I can't wait to see this Bulldogs team in the fall. Thanks for joining us today, Steve. Thank you, Rick. Have a great day. Steve Stales, President and General Manager of the Hamilton Bulldogs. And yes, later on today at Gore Park, 145 to be exact, is when the rally for the Bulldogs will be held. It actually goes from 11 to 3, but at 145 the team will show up and it'll be much well-deserved hoopla for the Bulldogs. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. There have been, well, several legendary Tiger Cats players honored with a well prestigious honor that is having their name and number on the tie cats wall of honor 24 players have received that honor over the years most recently the likes of joe monford and rob hitchcock paulus baldiston and our next guest he's the assistant general manager and the director of u.s scouting for the winnipeg blue bombers and that is danny mcmanus dmac welcome to the show how are you good rick i appreciate you having me buddy thank you very much Listen, when you got the phone call from Bob Young to say, Danny, you're going on the wall of honor, what, <laughs> what sprung to mind? 
Uh, I was driving at the time, so it was just basically keeping the car on the road, uh, <laughs> you know, just to, for Bob to say that and to be a part of Tiger Cat history, it's uh, no, there's no doubt it's a great honor. And uh, to be amongst those guys that are up on the wall, it's uh, they were the stepping stone for every player that comes and wears the black and gold. Everyone looks up at the at the names and some of them, you know, some of them are teammates, like you said, and some of them are guys that you hear stories about and that, that set the CFL to where it is today. So. To be a part of that is a tremendous honor, and I am grateful for the Ticat organization, the alumni, the fans, everybody in Hamilton for for me to be able to go up on that wall of fame. But it's it's not about me; it's about the teammates that I played with, and it's, it's a reflection of what those guys did uh, during the time that I was there with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. This might be a tough question to answer, but I'll ask it anyways because I'm intrigued on what you might say, and I, I think Ticats fans will be as well. You're in the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. You've won multiple Grey Cups, Most Outstanding Player Award. Where does the Wall of Honor rank in all of that? It's right up there with all of them. I mean, it's one of those things that my kids' kids will be able to go to the, to the stadium and see. It's it's it, you never when you go into football, you never think about leaving a legacy or anything like that. You just want to go out there and play football, have fun, and maybe win a you know games and hopefully win a championship. Uh, to know that you're being put up with some of the, the great players uh, of, of an organization's history and that it's going to be up there forever. It's, uh, it's something that is, 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 is very exciting. I mean, when I got into the hall of fame, that was, that was awesome to see a bus that's going to be there forever. But this is uh, in the same realm as being up there with some of the great guys of one organization uh, and being a history of, uh, of being a part of the history of such a, a, a great group of men. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML is legendary Tiger Cats quarterback Danny McManus, who's being inducted into the Tiger Cats Wall of Honor in October, uh, just before the Tiger Cats take on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders that night. Uh, your, your playing days are long gone. Uh, I don't want to date you or age you, but you haven't played in a while yet. You still hold many franchise passing records for the Tiger Cats, who've been around for you know uh, well over 150 years. What does that mean to you to still have your name atop all these lists of of great uh, pass completions and touchdowns and whatnot? Honestly, I don't think about it. I, you know, it's uh, I just enjoyed my time of playing with the Tiger Cats, playing in the black and gold, and and playing for the fans of Hamilton. Um, you know, even with the players that when we had the reunions and stuff like that, we don't think much about the games that we played. And we think about the stuff in the locker room. We think about the stuff playing golf. We think about road trips and that type of stuff and, and the friendships that we made. It's, but to just, you know, the stats are stats. So we, all we wanted to go out there was have fun and play well for the fans. And, and like I said before, win a couple games and hopefully bring a championship to the city. Now we, we, we came close in 98 and then we were able to finish deal in 99. And, and I think that was the, the the part that you got to see how the city exploded with Ticat football. And and people ask me, you know, what's it like living in Hamilton when uh, when you win a championship? <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, you don't see many bills for anything anywhere. So I mean, these guys uh, they 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 live they they love football, and they're not afraid to tell you that hey, you're playing well, and they're not willing to they're not they're not afraid to critique you when you're not playing well. So uh, I, I love the fans of, of Hamilton. Uh, we spent some great years there, and, and it, 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 this is nice. I, this is something that I'll cherish for a very long, long time to, to be a, in the wall of honor up there representing the Tiger guys. As amazing as you were on the field, you were just as incredible off the field with your Touchdown for Kids initiative and always giving of your time. 
Uh, talk about that part of your legacy, because it's an amazing one. It was fun. I mean, it, 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 it's something that you always want to do is give something back to the community that is coming out and supporting what you do. I mean, we got to be honest, we play a game and it's a bonus that we get paid for it. And it's the hard working people of Hamilton that are paying the, the tickets that are paying us and, and giving us a chance to go out and play football. So I wanted to give something back. And, and going to the Children's Hospital was an, an experience that I, I, I always enjoy. I, I like going there because I want to see some smiles on guys' faces uh, and patients' faces. But I think it was better for our other players to see it. I mean, they can see that, hey, what we do is fun. You know, these kids are fighting for their lives each day. And, you know, some days when we feel down about going to practice, I always tell them, hey, remember the kids at the Children's Hospital? You saw them firsthand. They're fighting today and they need you to fight today. So it, it, I think it was more of a, a helping tool for us as the Ticat players to be able to go out and play for the fans and for the kids at the Children's Hospital, knowing that, that they're fighting every day, not only to, to stay alive or to get healthy and get back on playgrounds, but they're fighting to come out to the stadium to watch us play. And I think that was one of the things that, that I like most about helping out in the community is just getting those people to come to the stadium and watching us perform. Yeah, it shouldn't be underestimated the the impact that you had on on those kids and those families. And uh, it wasn't just you. A lot of other Tiger Cats players got involved and in, in, in backed your uh, initiative on that as well. We're chatting with Danny McManus, the uh, Assistant General Manager and Director of U.S. Scouting with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Of course, iconic Hamilton Tiger Cats player who's going on the Wall of Honor at Tim Hortons Field on October the 7th. Uh, as the Ticats host the Saskatchewan Rough Riders that night. One last question regarding the Wall of Honor. You're going up with the likes of Joe Monford, uh, Rob Hitchcock, Ozzy, uh, a lot of guys that you played with, Sudzy, who was a coach at the time. Yep. What does that mean to be on that wall? And when you see your name on that wall with those other guys you played with? Well, I think it's going to be outstanding. I know I won't be the last one. There's going to be some other guys that I play with that are going to be on that wall as well. Um, you know, those guys kind of paved the way for what we were able to do in, in the 90s and the early 2000s. And, and to be a part of that group is outstanding. But we know there's a lot more guys that are going to be coming from that era as well. And uh, the, the gentlemen that were up there before that, uh, they're the ones, like I said before, they set the foundation for what it is to be a Tiger Cat, to play Tiger Cat football. And it was instilled in us early once we got into uh, into the city of Hamilton. This, this is what is needed to be a, a Tiger Cat. And everybody bought into it. Uh, and I think that's a, a tribute to the people of Hamilton is that they, they make sure that everybody knows what it is to, to, to be a part of Tiger Cat football. And all those guys whose names are up there uh, demonstrated that on a week in, a week out basis. And, and there'll be many more from the, our current era that is going up now. And, uh, you know, I think that's, what's important is you're going to see a lot more guys from, from that group that are going to get up there on that wall as well. Always love catching up with you. Uh, DMAC, uh, can't wait to see you later on this year and I uh, can't wait to see your name on the wall of honor. That's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us today. You got it, Rick. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you very much. You're listening to the good morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Hamilton is red hot in terms of the weather and red hot in terms of Hollywood. We have known for really a few years now that many filmmakers, a TV series, showrunners are looking to this city to say, yeah, this is a perfect place to set up shop and film our production. And the latest to do so, well, it's, it's not really the latest, it's been going on for a few years now as well, is the Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Have you been watching this show? Are you following the latest season? Because several Hamilton landmarks are prominently featured 
in the newest season of the Umbrella Academy. And here to talk about it is Sarah Rock, Business Development Officer, Creative Industries with the City of Hamilton. Good morning, Sarah. How are you? Good morning. I'm great, thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. It is so neat to see so many landmarks in this city showcased on the Umbrella Academy. It Honestly, it is so great. And the funny thing is, I you know work with the productions and help them get their permits and get into these spaces, and I still find myself excited spotting our local locations, you know, whether it's in the movies or on the big, like, throughout, you know, Netflix or something like that. It's always exciting. The latest uh, season of the Umbrella Academy has um, uh, a landmark that is called, at least in the show, Hotel Obsidian. And so I'm watching the show the other day. I think I'm through episode six or so. And I'm like, man, that looks so familiar. Uh, it is so familiar because it's the Royal Cannot. Yes. They have a lot of local great landmarks in this season, and um, I believe that the uh, Royal Connaught actually played quite significantly in this season. It was a, uh, They spent a lot of time filming there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It is, uh, it is one of the landmarks that continue, they continue to go back to it because it's, it's a major part of this season's um, uh, shows. Uh, Gore Park is involved, uh, Gage Park, uh, so- shots of City Hall. I'm watching the show and all of a sudden the characters are in the elevator at City Hall. I'm like, I know that place. Uh, King William Street also showcased. Previous seasons have showcased Ottawa Street North. How, how busy has this production been and other productions in terms of visiting all these different places in Hamilton? Oh, it has been really busy. So 2021 was actually a record-breaking year for our office in terms of the number of permits we issued, uh, the number of projects in town, and the direct spend, which is the amount the production spend here in Hamilton. So 2021 was an amazing year for our office. Our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML, Sarah Rock, Business Development Officer, Creative Industries with the City of Hamilton, talking about how Hamilton has become a hotspot for filming over the years, including with the latest season of the Umbrella Academy now showing on Netflix. What is the conversation like when it comes to, hey, we're looking for some spots in Hamilton to film this kind of show or movie? Um, what, what is that discussion like? Well, it's, you know, always really different depending what the production is looking for. Sometimes they come to us with locations in mind and, you know, we have to help them plan logistically how to make those locations work for them. And other times they'll come to us early in their scouting and say, hey, we're looking for something that looks or feels like, you know, X, Y, or Z. And it's up to our office to help them find those locations here in Hamilton. And so why is Hamilton doing a better job than other communities of landing these kind of big productions? Well, we like to kind of take a holistic approach as, you know, a province. Um, We work with other municipal reps because, of course, if we can't find them something in Hamilton, we would love for them to stay in Ontario and keep that money in our province. But Hamilton, one of our major draws for shooting here is the variety of architecture that we have. We have a great inventory of built heritage in our city. There's lots of different types and styles of architecture uh, from a variety of periods that productions can use to achieve a, you know, a number of different looks for their, whatever they're shooting. Any other big productions on the horizon you can tell us about? Um, well, uh, I don't know if anybody who's listening is a fan of The Boys that streams on Amazon Prime, uh, but they have done a significant amount of filming, and that's, you know, there's a new episode coming out uh, every Friday on Amazon, and you can catch a lot of local um, locations there as well. It's really cool to see our city being showcased, uh, whether it's on the silver screen, the small screen, uh, whatever the case is, it is awesome to see. Sarah, really appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining us. 
Thank you so much for having me. Take care. That is Sarah Rock, Business Development Officer, Creative Industries with the City of Hamilton. If you have Netflix and you haven't checked out the Umbrella Academy, it's worth doing so just to see how Hamilton is involved in the show. It's kind of cool. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. We're just cruising in our summer cruising series here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. And what a way to kick it off with Canada's birthday tomorrow. Canada Day celebrations return at Bayfront Park, and that's what we're going to focus on in our first summer cruising series interview with Ryan McHugh, Tourism Manager at Tourism Hamilton. Ryan, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Rick. I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me. You, you have to be on cloud nine knowing that we're back in physical form to celebrate Canada Day at Bayfront Park. Yes, definitely. After a few years of uh, virtual ceremonies, which of course are never the same as in person with fireworks and activation, it's going to be so great just to get people back at uh, Bayfront Park. And the event is tomorrow uh, on Canada Day. Uh, the programming is from 4 uh, to 10.30 p.m. So the fireworks will be going off on 5. Excuse me, the fireworks will be going off at 10. And we have all sorts of family programming. We have a sports zone with the Bulldogs, the Fords, the Honey Badgers. The Rock, um, we have artists, we have acrobats, you name it, uh, food trucks. It's there at Bayfront Park tomorrow. What kind of crowd are we expecting tomorrow? Because, uh, again, we haven't done this in a couple of years. Are you expecting the same kind of crowds as in past years, maybe more, a little, little bit less? Yeah, it's always uh, weather dependent, Rick. Uh, you know, if it's a nice, beautiful, sunny day, uh, lots of people come out. Um, usually Bayfront Park, it, it's quite comfortable. Uh, we often encourage people to perhaps bring a lawn chair because uh, seating is limited. Um, and also, there's some other big events. There's a tie cat game. Uh, the Canadian men's national basketball team is playing a game at uh, the First Ontario Centre. So plenty of stuff happening, and I suspect people will trickle in and out throughout the day. But we'd really encourage everybody to uh, at least see the fireworks there at 10 o'clock. What are some activities that some uh, children can enjoy at Bayfront? Absolutely. So lots of uh, sidewalk chalk. There's going to be uh, you know, puppet shows. There's uh, large uh, games such as, you know, Jenga and, uh, and the sports zones. There's going to be lots of inflatable activations and mascots. You're going to have the, uh, you know, the, the bruisers of the world will be there. And of course, plenty of food trucks, lots of snacks and ice cream. Uh, so no, no shortage of, uh, you know, family fun. Ryan McHugh is our guest on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. Ryan is the Tourism Manager at Tourism Hamilton, and we are focusing our first Summer Cruising Series interview on Canada Day festivities at Bayfront Park tomorrow. Uh, they begin at uh, 4, go all the way to 10.30. Fireworks are at 10. Uh, I'll be there at the park tomorrow before the Ticats game, celebrating and taking in the fun. Uh, as we know, parking at Bayfront isn't the greatest. Uh, what are you guys doing to stick handle around that? Yes, absolutely. We do encourage uh, people um, you know, to take HSR, uh, Sobe bikes. Uh, so our bike share program is a great option. Um, and even if you are, are able to uh, perhaps park a little outside of the park, but there is parking uh, at Bayfront. Um, there's also some parking uh, by the uh, GO station. So there is some parking available, but we would encourage people to you know make arrangements to get there, uh, especially after the fireworks, there's going to be a crowd. So we just encourage everyone to be patient and you know it's Canada Day so you'll be lighthearted about it and uh, it's part of the experience. And from what I understand there's going to be free HSR shuttles involved as well? That, that's correct so there's HSR shuttles and uh, there's lots of shuttles from the Tide Cat game shuttles for, for Bayfront so uh, plenty of ways to get in and out and 
we would uh, ask people to go to the city of Hamilton's website. Uh, we have a Canada Day page uh, and all of the shuttle information is there. And also it's been uh, tweeted from the city of Hamilton's account and also our HSR uh, account. If there is a massive crowd, and it could be because the weather tomorrow is supposed to be spectacular, high about 30, it's going to be mid-30s with the humidity. If there is a massive crowd, Pier 4 Park, from what I understand, is a pretty good option as well to watch the fireworks. It really is, and Pier 4, um, in its own right, a beautiful park, lots of space. Um, you know, there will be some activation there, and uh, you know, there's beautiful uh, parks for kids. So that really is a, a very... Uh, family-friendly zone as well, and great sight lines for the fireworks, uh, both from there and actually Pier 8 Park. Uh, there's the new Cops Pier Park, which opened uh, near the uh, um, the Discovery Center there. So basically anywhere near on the waterfront there, you have a beautiful view of the fireworks. should also make mention that residents taking part in the fun at Bayfront should not be bringing their own fireworks. The city's taking care of that. That is true. We have a beautiful fireworks display ready to go. Uh, I'm sure it'll be any, better than anything you can buy at the corner store. <laughs> and just for the, the safety of everybody, uh, please leave it to you know the professionals, which we've hired to put on a show for Hamilton. Absolutely. It's been spectacular in past years. It'll be even more special tomorrow as we congregate once again at Bayfront Park to celebrate Canada's 155th birthday. Ryan, always appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Rick, and happy Canada Day to you. Same to you, Ryan McHugh, Tourism Manager, Tourism Hamilton, as Bayfront Park once again hosting the Canada Day festivities tomorrow. Again, they begin at 4 p.m. They run all the way until 10.30. Fireworks is at 10, which will give you an idea of how long the fireworks display will be. Several, several, several minutes long, that is for sure. And yeah, if if you can't get in and out of Bayfront for whatever reason, Pier 4 Park, while it doesn't have all you know the food trucks in the sports zone and whatnot, uh, it's a great location to watch the fireworks. Heck, anywhere from downtown, really, is a pretty good spot to watch the fireworks display. Next week on our Summer Cruising Series, we are going to highlight a neat event coming up at the Royal Botanical Gardens. So stay tuned for that. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. The Hamilton Cardinals baseball team is hosting a fundraiser at their game this Sunday for local Ukrainian refugees. And here to chat about it is Dennis Concordia. He's the president of the Hamilton Cardinals. Dennis, good morning. Welcome to Good Morning Hamilton. Morning, Rick. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for joining us today. What do you have planned for Sunday? Well, uh, this is Canada Day weekend. We begin to think of pride in our nation, uh, the national level. Um, Then there's always the local level. And it's hard to ignore what's going on in the world, even though we're in the baseball world. so Hamilton has a, a long history of U- Ukrainian uh, community, um, and I just thought that this weekend, as we celebrate Canada Day, and knowing the generosity of Hamiltonians, we thought we would uh, create a day where we can bring some attention and, and uh, perhaps create some opportunities to raise money to help the um, Ukrainian-Canadian Congress of Hamilton Um, We know there are some refugee families living in their community. Uh, Specifically, there's some in Ancaster. Um, So I reached out to the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress in Hamilton, spoke with uh, key people there, Mary Holodek, Alina Lazar, and Donna Stetschy. So we've created a a special T-shirt that we're going to sell to raise funds for the community fund 
to support uh, local Ukrainian uh, refugees. And uh, it's it's more about the money, Rick. It's about um, having the Ukrainians that are here come to the game, see what our culture is like, uh, let them see that Hamiltonians and are, are generous people and that uh, we do support them. Um, we'll give them a day of uh, <clears throat> support. We've um, our, our concession booth, which is run by Carmen's Banquet Center uh, and Carmen's Group. Actually, we're going to make some pierogies um, and, and sell them to the fans. So we hope to raise some money through the selling of shirts, um, having some special pierogies. I think we may even have um, some uh, cupcakes uh, with uh, blue and yellow uh, on them to celebrate uh, Ukrainians. Awesome stuff. Well, I applaud you and the Cardinals for uh, taking a step forward and raising money for these individuals because obviously we know that they've been displaced and are worried about what's happening back in their home country. So good on you guys for doing so. How much is a T-shirt and what is the fundraising goal? You know, the, the goal really, um, I mean, I have a, a thought in my mind, but it's, it doesn't really matter if we raise $10 or $2,000. We just want to uh, contribute to it. It'd be nice if we could raise uh, over a thousand dollars. The T-shirts will be selling for twenty dollars. Um, there'll also be some blue and yellow ribbons that we can attach to the T-shirts, and then there'll be a, a general donation fund opportunity to donate directly to the Ukrainian Canadian Congress of Hamilton. And the T-shirt looks pretty good, too, and uh, our, yeah. our, our listeners can check it out online at iblcardinals.ca. There's a flyer that's going around uh, as well, so I, I really applaud the design because it's not one of those, you know, cheaply-looking T-shirts. It's no. uh, It's got some punch to it, and it's got, you know, the, the map of Ukraine, the Hamilton Cardinals, and the logo on there as well, so well done on that. How would you describe uh, inter-county baseball to uh, Hamiltonians who are not familiar with the league or even the team? Well... The Hamilton Cardinals are the second longest running sports team in Hamilton, second to the Tiger Cats. Um, the IBL League uh, is, is eight cities around uh, southern Ontario. It's college-level baseball, so most of our players um, are playing at Canadian universities. They'll go back to the universities in September, so our season runs May through July. Um, it is good baseball. Uh, we've had some really competitive games uh, with uh, the league leaders. Uh, there's London Welland, and um, London was Leicester's champion. The Toronto Maple Leafs are always tough. Um, the baseball, I mean, I sit behind home plate sometimes, and even though there's no radar clock, I know it's over 90. Some of these pitchers are fantastic. Um, we have some uh, graduates from the league that are playing Major League Baseball. Uh, there was John Axford, who had a brief period with the Blue Jays and uh, I think Milwaukee. Dalton Pompey, who used to play for the, the uh, Blue Jays, he's playing in Guelph this year. Um, we have a pitcher coming in, uh, in a week or two from the Dominican that had time with the Blue Jays. In the history of the IBL, oh, right now the uh, uh, relief pitcher from the Blue Jays, uh, Romano. He played in the IBL as well, Jordan Romano. Um, over the years, people like Wayne Gretzky have played in the IBL, um, Murray Hall, <clears throat> old Hamilton names. Uh, so it's college level. Uh, 
the age range is from 18 to 35. Um, we each team is allowed for imports. So, like, I, I think baseball is excellent. You come out to a game, and um, you know, it's it's right up here in the mountain, Carstar Park at Bernie Arbor Stadium at Mohawk and Upper Kenilworth. They don't have to go to Toronto to see live baseball. Um, come right here to Hamilton. Uh, we're competitive. We're fighting to uh, get into the playoffs. Um, and I, I think the season is really competitive this year. It's really bunched. Um, good baseball. So it's uh, very competitive. And um, it, it's nice to sit outside uh, under the lights on a Friday night or on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, it's an enjoyable uh, day, a couple of hours. So competitive college level baseball it is uh yeah it is a fun product to watch and uh, you can do so as well first pitch on sunday as part of this fundraiser for ukrainian refugees here in hamilton is 205 at bernie arbor memorial stadium in hamilton as the hamilton cardinals take on the barry baycats you can get your tickets at the game to run online at iblcardinals.ca dennis thanks for the time today good luck uh, not only on sunday but uh, on canada day as well as you are in Brantford to take on uh, that team so thanks for joining us enjoy the rest of your day my pleasure, but I just wanted to mention that uh, the uh, honorary first pitch is going to be um, by um, Mayor Fred Eisenberg, who is a big supporter of the Ukrainian community as well. So Fred tells me he's been uh, warming up and he won't bounce the ball. <laughs> he, um, he, he measured the distance of 60 feet 6 inches, and he's promised a fastball. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll be excited to see that. Dennis, thanks for the, day. Thanks for the time today. My pleasure. Thanks. That is Dennis Concordia, president of the Hamilton Cardinals. Yes, on uh, Sunday afternoon, 2.05 is first pitch at Carstar Field. Bernie Arbor Memorial Stadium in Hamilton. It's the Cardinals and the Barry Baycats and uh, all the money raised through the T-shirt sale and those tasty pierogies that are going to be on sale as well. And those cupcakes, too, uh, will go to local Ukrainian refugees through the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress of Hamilton. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 530 to 9 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com. The Good Morning Hamilton podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free so you never miss an episode. And make sure you rate and review.